Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. Are you ready for the word today? Okay, let's go to John chapter 10 this morning. We're continuing our mini-series, The Shepherd. Somebody say The Shepherd. And if you missed last week or if it's your first time and you didn't get to hear it, it's on our YouTube channel. It's also on our podcast. You can kind of go back and, and see where we're going with this. We've been talking a lot in this season about union. We're called to be in union with Christ. Jesus says in John 15, abide with me and I with you. Another translation says, remain, be brought into union with me. This is where God is calling us. This is where revival truly happens in union when we're becoming more like his son. And we're seeing this through this parable of the shepherd that Jesus tells us. So if you're ready for everything God has for you today, somebody shout, I'm ready. Yeah, 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 that's good. Let's go to verse four. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Verse five, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So I want to preach part two today of the shepherd, the shepherd. Just lift your hands, if you will. Father God, we thank you for your presence that is in this house today. God, I pray that you would draw us into deeper union today as we go from your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Come on, on your way down, just give somebody a high five and say, the shepherd, the shepherd. You may be seated in the house. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. Y'all pray for me. I've had strep this week. I'm not contagious, but if I get a little this morning, y'all just say, bless him, Lord. Can you do that? Amen. Amen. Last week we talked about the shepherd, John 10, one through three. Our end goal is John 10 and 10. The Bible tells us what? That the thief comes to steal, kill, and what? destroy, you know, your Bible, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. This is the goal of union, abundant life. Somebody say abundant life. God doesn't want you to live a halfway life. Ah, uh, you missed an, an opportunity for an amen right there. God doesn't want you to live some halfway life. God wants you to live an abundant life a life full of his blessings, a life full of his favor, but more importantly, a life full of his presence, an abundant life, a life that is not determined by seasons. Did you hear me? It's not determined by what I'm going through. It's determined by my proximity. It's determined by my proximity with the Lord. And this is encouraging because no matter what I'm going through, I could have abundant life. If I'm in the cancer ward with stage four cancer, I can have abundant life. Come on, somebody. If my baby's in the hospital room, I can have abundant life. My marriage is falling apart. All my finances are gone. Everything is falling apart. I can still have abundant life because it's not determined by my season. It's determined by my proximity 
in my relationship. This is why Jesus could go into the wilderness and still know who he was. Come on. Because true abundant life, you will find out who you really are. And I'm recapping here for those in the room that weren't here last week. In union with Christ, we find out who we really are, who we were really made to be. And I found out in close proximity to the father that I'm loved. I found out when I got close to him, how good he really is. Are you with me in the room today? I've learned the characteristics of my father and in turn have learned more about me. This is a beautiful thing. Union with Christ. Somebody say union with Christ. And so we found out last week that, that Jesus is the gate. He's the shepherd. He's the thing that protects us. He's the thing that gives us place, purpose, belonging. God has given me a place of belonging. Somebody say, I belong. I belong. And so here we get into verse four and five today. And I want to take this down with me today. And I'm, I'm going to teach the best I can. Are you here for some good teaching today? So let's take this little bit by little bit. The Bible says this, after he has gathered his own flock, after he has gathered his own flock, isn't it funny? I don't know if you feel this way, but I do often. I feel like it's my job to save people. Have you been there? Two of you, awesome. As a pastor, it feels like it is my job to reach down. And I know I can't really save anybody, but you will end up dying trying to save people. Come on. Have you seen that video that's going around social media right now with the, the sheep that the guy gets out of the ditch and three seconds later, the sheep throws himself back in the ditch? Welcome to ministry. <laughs> it's like every time you try to get somebody out of their mess, you're like, man, they finally out of it. They're living good. They stop cussing. They stop beating their spouse. It's all good now. And then they just jump right back in. Now that's comical. But in reality, so often we are living a life where we feel like we have to pull people up to Christ. And that it's our job to save people. Wrong. I cannot save anyone. You cannot save anyone. Jesus said, I am gathering my own flock. I'm doing it. This is the same way that we aren't called to build the church. Oh, we're not called to grow the church. And listen, I got a stack of books this high at home about church growth. But I, Andrew Butler, the pastor, cannot grow this church. We can have healthy systems, we can have great worship, we can have great preaching, but at the end of the day, Jesus said, I'm the rock, I'm the foundation, and I'm building my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is building his church, and he's gathering his flock. It's his job to pull people into himself. Now, we can introduce them. Welcome to the shepherd. Say hello to the shepherd. Let me introduce you to the shepherd. 
Come on, somebody. Because a quiet faith is no faith at all. A quiet faith is no faith at all. Real faith will cause you to speak out. Real faith will cause you to testify. Real faith will say, listen, I used to be addicted, but God. Real faith will declare, I used to be in this position, but God brought me out. Because real faith is loud. Come on, somebody. But you and I, no matter how much we introduce people to him, we cannot save them. Only Jesus can do it. Only Jesus can do it. It says that no man is drawn but by the Spirit of God. So he's gathering his own flock. Can I tell you today, God is still bringing people into union. We have an invitation today into union. And the invitation is not for the spiritual elite. Oh, come on, somebody. The invitation is not for the perfect. The invitation is not for the great churchgoer. The invitation is not for the religious folk. The invitation is for the dying, the lost, the broken, the addicted. Come on, somebody. The one in the affair. It's open to everybody. Come on, somebody. God says, I don't care where you at, where you're at this morning, I give you an invitation to come into union with me. And this is good news. Come on, we have so much bad news in our world today. We got some good news in the house today that Jesus still saves. Jesus still delivers. Jesus still baptizes with fire. Jesus still brings us into union. So now we have this invitation to come into union. You still with me in the room? Let's continue going. So he has gathered his own flock and he walks ahead of them. Somebody say ahead. We see God is the one that walks with us and that's true. Jesus said, I'm sending you the comforter. Somebody say the comforter. And in the Greek, it's the word paraclete. Somebody say paraclete. I'm teaching you Greek this morning. Come on. Paraclete, it means to come alongside of. The comforter has come in our lives. The Holy Spirit is in our lives. Not just to make you dance in church and feel something and speak in tongues, all that good stuff, but also to come alongside you and to take you along. That's the primary function of the Holy Spirit is to take me into deeper union. Now, I don't have time to get into all that today, but he's not only is beside me, but he also goes ahead of me because he's an omnipresent God. Uh, Come on, somebody. He's not only with me on the side and comforting me and teaching me and telling me how I need to change and how much I'm loved and how much beloved identity I really have, but he's also going ahead of me because he's the sovereign God. Oh, come on, somebody. He goes ahead of me because can I tell you something this morning, folks? The devil has a plan for your life. And we would be naive to not think so. The devil has a plan and he says, I bet I can trip him up with this and I bet I can trap him with that. But we have a God, oh, get ready to shout in the room because I feel this this morning. We have a God that goes ahead. Are you catching what I'm putting down today? He goes ahead. 
which means he's walking up to every trap that the enemy has laid. Oh, can I get some more monitor in here this morning, Phil? He goes ahead and he sees everything that the devil has set in motion to take me out. He's seen the cancer that's 30 years from now. He's seen the girl DMing you, wanting to get you into nastiness. Come on, where are you at in the room this morning? I feel like preaching. I've had strep all week, but I feel good this morning. Come on, come on. He's going ahead of me. The devil has a plan, but guess what? God has a greater plan. I don't care what the devil has set in motion over your life. We serve a God this morning that goes before me. He's going ahead and he's saying, you can't trip up my beloved. You won't take them out. They're in my hand and I'm not going to let them go. Come on, give them some praise right there. He goes ahead of me. He's not only beside me. He's not only behind me, protecting me from my past. Oh, come on. But he goes ahead of me. He's making a way for me. He's making a way for me. And then we get into the next portion. And they follow him. Still in verse 4. And they follow him. Because, why? They know his voice. And this is where I want to get to today. They follow him. They obey. They come into alignment. They stay in proximity. Why? They know his voice. As simple as that. They know his voice. And then we get to verse 5. They won't follow a stranger. I said, they won't follow a stranger. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. They follow the shepherd because they've learned how he speaks. They've learned how he speaks. Are you still with me? They've learned his voice and they will not follow another because they have tuned their spiritual ear to the voice of the shepherd. How many of us in the room this morning aren't living in union simply because our ears have not yet been tuned? I came to help us today. How many of us are still struggling with secret sin? Come on. And addictions. Not because we don't love God. I've known a lot of addicted people who love God. I've known a lot of teenagers specifically who struggle with secret sin that love God, but they don't know God. Oh, come on. They don't know his voice because if they did know his voice, they wouldn't follow porn. Oh, come on, y'all. If they did know his voice, they wouldn't be looking for affirmation in all the wrong places. If we did know his voice, you know, there was a time in my life where when I would get up to preach, I would live and die by people's amens. Because where I come from, if they're not amening you, your sermon is crap. 
Come on, somebody. Like if they're not running, y'all ever seen somebody run pews before? We don't have pews at near church, so good luck trying to do that here. But if they're not running pews and going crazy over your sermon, it must not be any good, Billy. But I had to learn his voice from other voices. And there's something I do now. If you ever stand beside me right before I'm about to preach, I will pray for myself. Come on. David said, I encourage myself in the Lord, right? I take that literally. I lay hands on myself and I declare the word of God over myself. I say, today I am anointed. Now, I'm not saying this boastfully. I'm declaring his word over me. Today, I will be anointed with fresh oil. Today, I will be used by the spirit of God. Today, I will be your voice and your mouthpiece. Today, I carry a word that carries the weight and the anointing of God. I declare those things over myself. That way, when I get up here and y'all quiet as a mouse, <laughs> it won't matter because I'm not living and dying by amens anymore. I'm living by the affirmation that only comes through his voice. Come on, come on, come on. And I've talked about this before that often most of our issues that we experience in our life come from one thing and it's insecurity. It's insecurity because we've not yet found security in who we are in him. Is this helping you this morning? If we would just get secure in union, we wouldn't follow strangers. We wouldn't follow strangers because a stranger's not going to tell you to go out on your wife. I mean, the Lord's not going to tell you that. A stranger will, though. You know what I almost named this sermon? Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Don't go in the van. That'll preach by itself, won't it? <laughs> I got candy. Don't do it. Stranger danger. And this is something we teach our kids. You don't talk to strangers unless you're with me. Come on. And that's the thing I found that, that for a little while, you need to get away from old friends because you can't handle the voice of the stranger yet. But once you're with him, his voice is so strong in your life that you can be in that environment again. Who am I talking to this morning? You can be in that environment again and make a difference instead of it making a difference in you. Man, this is helping me this morning. Stranger danger. We're teaching our kids. You don't talk to strangers no matter what they tried to give you. Because the, can we just be honest in the room? The devil's not stupid, y'all. If the devil came up to you and said, listen, I want you to have an affair and it's going to ruin your marriage and your kids are never going to talk to you again and you're going to lose your house, you're going to lose all your money. Who's signing up for that? Come on, let's see your hands. Nobody, because we're not stupid. Come on. But when the enemy comes and that woman starts flirting with you, And it makes you feel better about yourself. He's not stupid. He's slick. He's sly. 
And he's not going to come out in some nasty van trying to entice you in. He's going to come out with things that work for you. Come on, somebody. I once heard somebody say, well, if the devil offered me a million dollars, I'd do whatever he wants. The devil's not that stupid. He don't need a million dollars to trip us up. We got iPhones. Preach faster, Andrew. Preach faster, Andrew. I'm not just talking about bad stuff that you look up on the internet. I'm talking about the endless scrolling that keeps us in our same junk over and over and over with a spirit of comparison. Come on. Because there's this one voice that I used to listen to called Instagram. Yeah. Come, on. Come on. Where's all my people at this morning? There's this voice I used to listen to called Facebook. Now it's called Meta. That's straight from the devil, y'all. Let's just be honest. <laughs> if you're not careful, you will follow the voice of a stranger right out of belonging, yeah. right out of protection and straight out of union, straight out of union. If we aren't careful, we will begin to follow another voice. Now here's, here's the, the problem with this. The Bible tells us that the enemy disguises himself as what? An angel of light. He's not coming around in a red suit and a pitchfork y'all. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. It's like when my kids come in my bedroom at 3 a.m. and don't say anything and just like stare over you. And it freaks you out. Come on, somebody. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. But we're not following another voice because we have learned the voice of the shepherd. Now, here's what I love. If, if you'll throw verse five back up, here's what I love about this. Look what it says. They won't follow a stranger, but not only will they not follow him, what do they do? They run from him. Yeah. Is this why the apostle Paul said, flee youthful lusts? Yeah. Yeah. He did not say fight. Yeah. You cannot fight sin in your own strength. Come on, you will never fight addiction in your own strength. You will never fight your issues in your own strength. You cannot heal your own wounds. It says, I want you to run. Run from the stranger. Run from the voice that tells you to get out of the presence. Run from the things that tells you to leave your wife. Run from, who am I talking to this morning? Run from it, flee from it. Don't fight, run. Because we are not going to follow the voice of a stranger. I won't even entertain it. I'm not going to entertain it. I will not listen. Are you with me in the room this morning? Is this helping somebody? Just nudge your neighbor and say, is this helping you this morning? Is this helping you this morning? So I want to give you a few things this morning as I finish up. And I, I, I'm not preaching long today. And y'all are like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But, but I, I know what some of you are thinking. Okay, pastor, you're telling us this. How do I know the voice of the shepherd? If I'm not supposed to know the voice of the stranger, how do I know the voice of the shepherd? I want to give you a few things this morning. These aren't all, but these are a few. Number one, write these down if you're taking notes. Does it line up with his word? God will never tell you to do something that is against his word. 
because he is the word. <laughs> He's the word made flesh according to John chapter one. He will never tell you to do something that is against his word. Come on, somebody. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So number one, does it line up with his word? This is why when revival comes, we can't just worship. Did you hear me? We cannot just worship. We must have the word. Worship will not change you. Worship is not about us. It's about him. Come on. Now, can God do something in the middle of worship? Absolutely. But it's the word that changes us. The Bible says we are washed with the word. The word that is, the Bible says, able to save our souls. We need his word. So if, if, if what you're hearing does not line up with his word, <laughs> stranger danger. I, w- I won't even follow that because I know it's against his word. Pastor, I don't know the word. The only way you can know the word is to get in the word. And if you're early in getting in the word, there's this great friend called Brother Google. <laughs> what does the Bible say about? Come on, I want to leave any excuses on the table today, right? Brother Google will help you out in a tight pinch. Come on. Until you know the word. Don't let it be a crutch, but until you know the word. So does it line up with the word? Number two, does it give me direction? Isaiah 30 and 21, your own ears will hear him right behind you. A voice will say, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, going back to our verse, that he's already went ahead of us and made. This is the path. The Bible also says that the footsteps of the righteous are what? Ordered by the Lord. You may say, I'm not righteous. If you are saved, if you are under the blood of Jesus, you are the righteousness of Jesus. That is straight scripture. So if you are under the blood of Jesus, your steps are ordered. Your steps are ordered. Because catch this. The voice of the stranger will always bring you into chaos. Come on. Into chaos, not order. Is this helping you? Okay. Number three, does it teach me and give me insight? Does it teach me? John 14 and 26. But when the father sends an advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of things I've told you. Does it teach me? Does it teach me? Because the Holy Spirit is the best accountability partner you could ever have. When Joe Schmo is not available by phone, (laughs) you've heard me say it before, the old school song, Jesus on the main line. (laughs) Call him up. Tell him what you want. Does it teach me? Does it push me into growth? Does it challenge me? Does it challenge me? Next one. Does it bring me closer instead of further away? 
This one's important. Hebrews 2 and 1. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, lest we drift away from it. His word, his voice over my life will always bring me closer to him, never further away. It amazes me. The people that I've encountered in my life in ministry who will be like, well, uh, pastor, you know, we, we just don't feel called to this church anymore. Uh, so we're leaving. Well, where are you going? Uh, nowhere. I'm not talking about transitional seasons. I've had those. I mean, people who are leaving the sheepfold for nothing. Like you think you can move to another state and it will fix your marriage problems. Uh Uh-uh. You think you can move to another career and it'll just fix everything. No. Come on, somebody. No, his word and his voice will bring me into closer proximity with him. Come on. And in turn, catch this, with closer proximity with other believers. Because we're not called to do life alone. We're not called to do life alone. And this, this is key right here. This is why we must understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation always pushes me further away. Conviction brings me in close. So that's how you know right there if it's the voice of the shepherd or the voice of a stranger. Does it convict me or does it condemn me? Oh, come on. That should free some of y'all in here because you've been sitting at home and the enemy is just talking all kinds of stuff over you and telling you how worthless you are. You're your sin. You're pathetic. You're nothing. That is the voice of a stranger. And you can be free from it today in Jesus name. You can be free from it. Conviction is correction that pulls me deeper to the heart of the father. We must be open to conviction. Because so many in our culture today don't want condemnation, but we don't want conviction either. We want no shame, but no growth. But God is saying today, I love you enough to pull you back in the sheep pen when you try to leave. I love you enough that I'm not going to hit you over the head with shame and condemnation, but I will correct you because I want you to live and there are wolves outside of this sheep pen. And if you live the way that you want to, you're going to be eaten by a wolf. I love you enough. Okay, the next one. Jesus tells us in John chapter three, I'm sorry, I can't move on from this. I've not come to the world to condemn it, but to save it. So all those Christians walking around just judging everybody, just shut up. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Just shut up. I get so tired of the religiosity. Come on, I hate religion. I hate it. Religion has, I'm sorry, this isn't in my notes. Religion has never saved anyone, but union has, and the kingdom of heaven has. And God says today, I love you. And I came to the world not to show you how terrible you are, but to pick you up out of your sin and bring you closer to me. All right, I'm moving on. The last one, does it expose my heart to itself? 
does it expose my heart to itself? Because the voice of a stranger will keep you in what you're in and push you deeper in it. You've already done it. Why not do it again? Come on, somebody. You've already done it. It's who you are. Why not do it again? You've become it. So just keep on the pattern because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you in a pattern, in a cycle. But that's not what union does. Hebrews chapter four and 12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting, catch this, between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes, somebody say it exposes, our innermost thoughts and desires. The same God that loves me also wants to expose me, but to myself. God don't want to embarrass you. God don't want to embarrass you. He wants to get you alone to where he can speak to you about your heart. Come on, somebody. I've seen preachers just pull people out in the middle of church services and just tell everybody their business. You know what? Most of those people aren't in church anymore because they got exposed, but it wasn't true heart exposure that only his voice can do. I'll never forget, I was on a 21-day fast in 2019, right before we moved to Bowling Green. Worst fast of my life, y'all, just being honest. Can I tell you a funny story? You up for a funny story? I do what's called all-liquid fast. Anybody ever done an all-liquid fast? Yeah, they're really hard. Now, <laughs> it's anything liquid, Right? So I think a milkshake is a liquid. Come on, somebody. Some people would call that cheating, but whatever. Well, I, I got real desperate one day. I got, it was like day 19. I was so desperate for, I had had so many chocolate milkshakes, Billy. I was just tired of them, you know? And I decided I want something like, like, like savory. Thank you. And I'd heard of people drinking chicken broth, so I thought, I'm just going to take it to the next level. And there's this place in my, in, in where I'm from called Skyline Chili. God's gift to earth. Come on, somebody. It's the Lord's provisions. Come on. And I went through the drive-thru, and I said, they said, what do you want? You want some conies? I said, no. I just want a cup of chili and a thing of cheese and your crackers, because the crackers are amazing, y'all. Come on. And I went home and I put it on my blender. Have y'all ever seen Nacho Libre? He said, I've had diarrhea since Easter's. That's a blessing from the Lord that will tear you up from the floor up. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Yeah, if Pastor Faye were here, she's at home with our brand new, brand new baby. If she were here, she'd be over there going, stop, stop. But you ain't here, boo-boo. Come on, somebody. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It was the nastiest thing I've ever eaten, y'all. It was disgusting. I could not eat Skyline for a long time. Like, it was bad. But while I was on that fast, I'll never forget, I was praying, 
and I wasn't having like this amazing encounter where I was like weeping and, you know, angels are showing up, nothing like that. But I'm praying and God says, you've been living by a spirit of rejection. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not, I I don't feel rejected. He said, yes, you do. You feel rejected by your father. You feel rejected. And my father never did anything to reject me. My father's a great man. He's a member of this church. He's amazing. He's watching right now. He said, you felt rejected by your pastor, by leaders, by everybody in your life. You felt rejected by. And the Lord started opening up my heart and exposing myself to me. Because remember what the scripture says, I've searched you and I know you. I know more about you than you know about yourself. Y'all, there's a reason we act the way we do. Come on. And from that moment on, in that moment, I said, Lord, I surrender. God, whatever you're trying to do in me, I say yes. And from that moment on, God has healed me over and over from a spirit of rejection. It's been a powerful process I've been in for almost four years now where God was healing me of rejection, but only his word can do that. Only his voice can do that. I can preach to you till I'm blue in the face and I'll do it, (laughs) y'all. I will do it. (laughs) But only his voice can make true change. Only his voice can keep me from going on a path that is meant for destruction. I know this is heavy this morning, but God wants to help us in the room. God wants to bring us closer into union to make us more like his son. He wants to bring me in union, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. He wants me in heavenly places, seated at rest with him. Come on, somebody, where you at in the room? He has things in store for me, but first we must learn his voice. If, as they come to the music this morning, I want to share one more scripture with you. Why don't you stand all across the room because I'm done after I share this with you. We have a promise this morning. Did this help you all this morning? Can I get some feedback? Did this help you all? We have a promise from the shepherd and it's in Jeremiah 33 and 3. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. We have a shepherd this morning that says, all I'm looking for is for you to learn my voice. And if you do, we will have communication, conversation. When you know his voice, you won't follow the voice of a stranger. When you've learned his voice, you won't follow the whims of your flesh and the desires and the things that are trying to pull you out, you won't do it because you've learned who he is. Is this why the devil wants us to never pray and to keep our voice silent because he knows the power of the voice of the shepherd? Today, we have an invitation to say yes to his voice to say yes to union with him that leads us, catch this, to abundant life. Hey listener, thanks for tuning in to the Near Church Podcast. You can give online, 
fill out a virtual connection card, plan your visit, and more by texting the words Near Church to 94000 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.